It is Way of the Warrior, Eric Hulkerin, along with Ken Evans, covering everything in the world of mixed martial arts. Welcome to episode 399. I think we should just stop after this one. To Not everybody even, who thought we'd get to 400. Just going to make them wait. Yeah, we'll just make them wait like uh, John Jones and a drug test. <laughs> we'll be continually in arbitration. Until, That's right. Until arbitration 400. until episode 400. There you go. All right, so we've got a lot to talk about, not the least of which is Connor and Nurmagomedov is official. Um, the prices for the tickets are insane, and we have the biggest fight in mixed martial arts his- history. Um, I you know what? I think I try not to be a victim of the now, but I don't think that's necessarily out of the ballpark considering where Connor's coming from, and this is entirely Connor carrying this at this point. That's nah, people are tuning in for Nurmagomedov. I know Nurmagomedov for the MMA fan, of course. He's a badass dude. He's he's undefeated, right? He is undefeated. He's uh he's got a pretty good record. They would say. But they would. the guy who's fighting him is the guy who just made, you know, half a billion dollars on pay-per-view with Floyd Money Mayweather just about a year ago at this point. So we were not sure if we'd ever see him in the cage again. We weren't sure what was going to happen after he had his legal issues where he was attacking people on a bus. Finally, it's been announced. You're going to see McGregor and Nurmagomedov, and it's going to happen in October. UFC, How much are those tickets? UFC 229, lucky you said that. Uh, I have a comparison for you. At UFC 100, your top-tier price was $1,000. Right. Lowest tier, that was Brock and Mir. Uh Yes, your lowest-tier price was $100. There were six different tickets to purchase. Okay. UFC 200, your top-tier was $1,293. Your low-tier was $211. Again, six tickets to choose from there. UFC 229. Remember, 200 is 1293. 229 is 2505 for your top tier ticket. Wait, wait, wait. $2,505? Correct. That's lower than I expected. Is that weird? Not necessarily. Here's where it gets weird, though. Uh, Your low tier price is actually cheaper than UFC 200. It's 205, but you have 12 different tickets to choose from. Okay. See, and that's what I thought would happen is you would have like 12 different categories and you would see that top tier be 10 or 15,000. Yeah, so it's 2505, 2005, 1505 and 1005 are your top tier top I four. wonder if there's VIPs in there. That still seems low to me. I know I'm, that's going to sound crazy, but remember this fight is in Vegas. Vegas, yeah. And they were selling $20,000 seats to the Mayweather McGregor fight. Not that UFC wants to necessarily get in on that, but you would expect that at least some front row seating or something like that. Maybe those are held for some type of VIP setup. So uh, that's, I mean, I can't afford it, but that's not as bad as I thought it would be. Yeah, no, $5,000 a pair. Not really my my budget either. So <laughs> Well, that's why you can't take a wife. you got to take a friend because you take the wife, you're paying for both tickets. Right. Yes, always take a friend. Like, screw that. <laughs> that's why you take a friend. Yes. I'm just saying. So uh, the ticket prices are insane. The The buildup to this, though, Ken, will be interesting in that they are not doing a world tour. They are just relying on the draw at this yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, well, they've never really done that. I mean, that was kind of more of a boxing thing. I'm sure we'll see some pressers, though, right? We will, but they did the world tour for the Jose Aldo, right? Like, they've, they've done it before. Hmm. They're just not doing it for this. Um, the other thing that I find interesting, and, and I've said it, is... Are we to assume then at this point that the UFC's fiscal year ends in October? Because what are you doing after that? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what else you're doing at that point because it's it's going to be that's they're 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 counting on this to make their year at this point, especially after the disappointing numbers you saw with the super fight with Daniel Cormier and Steve Miocic. Um, this is going to be very interesting here. 
What are you yeah. looking up? Uh, I wanted to see what the pay-per-view buys were for last weekend, actually. Oh, I'm not sure. I don't think they were very good. <laughs> I'm just telling you. We talked about this going in. And I don't know. What did you? Let's not get there yet. But you're just okay. trying to find the pay-per-view buys, right? Uh, I got them right here. What do we got? 300,000. That's better than I thought it would be. I think I told you 250 on the air, right? Yes. So th- th- that's not too bad. So we did what? 450 for Cormier? Yeah, I think the end number ended up being like four something, and they really was hope they were hoping that maybe they'd be close to seven. They would have been happy with like five or six, and it didn't end up even being that. Yeah. So, and that's that was a super fight, guys. So, I mean, that's one thing you got to remember. That's kind of crazy. So there, the the rumor mill saying that this one will will do two million. Are you believing that, Ken? For Conor McGregor? Yes. I'm not sure. I don't know exactly what this is going to look like. Obviously, for MMA fans, this is huge. If you're an MMA fan, they've got your money, right? That's that's a that's a given. If you're a casual fan, they've probably got your money. But are you necessarily going to do the numbers you saw with Floyd Money Mayweather? No, I don't think so. I don't think that many people are that interested. I think you had all the casuals of boxing and all the casuals of MMA who showed up and decided that they wanted to watch that fight and see the spectacle as it was at that point. So I don't know. Two million might be possible, certainly. I mean, this is the return of the biggest star in mixed martial arts after a year out of the cage against a legit opponent who's got his own uh, fan base within MMA. I'm I'm going to be very interested to see because I whatever we whatever we see for Conor McGregor, Khabib Nurmagomedov, that's our top number for the next couple of years until we figure out something else with new stars. No concern in your mind about how the rest of the card kind of blows. No, I think okay. I think we're going to headlining fights. Okay. I think you have to get more towards that. As if oh, you ha- you certainly have if you're to. going to keep doing these events the way you're doing them, you certainly have to do that. Like the other undercard, I can guarantee is going to suck early 2019. It's going to be Brock, it's going to be Cormier, and the undercard's going to suck. I mean, you might have another heavyweight on there just in case they want to, you know, hedge their bets on either of those dudes. Um, I, I shouldn't even say anything, D.C. It's not like we've had any history. But if you want to hedge your bets on whether or not Brock pop, pops positive or not, you might see another name heavyweight on there. But I can't imagine that they're going to throw a lot at that card either. That's the only other card conceivably within the next 12 months, barring some insanity with John Jones, that would even do a number close to what Connor would do or what Brock would do. And I don't know that I feel, if you're, if you're asking me right now, I don't know that I feel that Brock will do what Connor does. Mm-hmm. Am I crazy in thinking that? I don't know. I think I think there's definitely a possibility. You got to remember, uh, there's there's two different there's two different sets of fans here that you're looking at, and Brock is going to own the casual fan even more than Connor at this point. Sure, Brock is going to own the casual fan. You're going to have WWE fans. There's a lot of crossover now. You've got Ronda Rousey in the UFC. There's been a lot of talk of, or excuse me, WWE. There's been a lot of talk of Daniel Cormier and where he ends up, and he's talked a lot about WWE. You know, again. It's not a traditional pay-per-view model because they've got a network, but Brock has been driving dollars still for the past couple of years, ever since uh, he rejoined WWE. Whenever they bring him out, there's eyeballs and there's dollars. So the fact is he's been a proven draw in that regard for a long time. If you put him in, put him in a heavyweight championship fight, that only helps him. I think the fact that DC's in there too only helps him. I mean, DC, we've we've seen. He's not really that great a draw without John Jones. He's a pretty good draw, but not that great a draw. I think he can become a great draw when you see that replay package run over and over again 
him and Brock pushing each other in the cage, him calling Brock out, and we see that over and over again. I think that's going to draw a lot of dollars. But, I mean, first on the ticket here, we're going to see what happens with Khabib and McGregor at this point. Why is it Khabib McGregor? It keeps throwing me off, by the way. Because McGregor was stripped. No, I'm just wondering why are we using a first name and then a last name? Like, shouldn't it be Nurmagomedov McGregor or Khabib Connor? Oh, um, probably because it's easier to pronounce. Okay, I'm just asking. You're the marketing guy. That's why I always ask you. I would assume that it's easier to pronounce. And just for some comparisons, um, Aldo McGregor did 1.2 million, McGregor Diaz did 1.3, and Lesnar has done over a million every time he's been in the octagon. See, that's why, why do they think they're going to get 2 million? Why do they expect better from the same because thing? Is it because Floyd? of the layoff? Be- the layoff in Floyd? Maybe. I'm not disagreeing. I'm just, you literally gave me numbers, and none of those numbers tell me that we're going to see 2 million buys. And what am I missing? And I, I do ask you because of your expertise. Like, what am I missing there? Is there something? Sorry, Diaz was 1-6. Sorry. So um, they think, but that was also the second fight. Yes. That was a rematch after Conor had lost. 1-3 to 1-6. They got another 300,000 after that. They think they're going to do another 400,000 coming off Mayweather. Yes. Maybe if this fight had happened earlier, you could have counted on that crowd. I just think Connor's floated away as far as that crowd goes. And that's why I thought, I I told you last year on the podcast, I said if he fights, he's going to fight by March. And we actually did have a plan for him to be in there sooner, right? What was his original date before the whole bus thing? Wasn't Um, it supposed to be May? Yeah. April or May, something like that. So it was closer to that time because I think you wanted to be closer to your half a billion dollar pay-per-view night, whatever it ended up being, four or five million, they they think. I mean, we're hearing a lot of fuzzy numbers in that. I'm shocked with a boxing promoter involved and Dana White involved (laughs) in the same event. Fuzzy numbers, no. But I think you wanted to be closer to that. I think we've kind of tailed off some of that a bit. It's going to be over a year. You're definitely going to get every MMA fan is going to buy this. So you're going to get a real good gauge of where this business is at this point. Because we wondered, have people just fallen off of MMA or have they fallen off to the point where they just don't want to spend 60 bucks on a Henry Cejudo title fight? Which which is a great segue because I didn't, right? I looked at sixty nine ninety nine and went, nope, not today. Not for that one. Um, and so, yeah, you'll get a real good barometer of that. The problem is, if that's your barometer, if that's your benchmark, you've got a disparity of wealth between those two events, right? You've got two title fights with lighter weight fighters. I get it. We, we don't need to open that can of worms that does 300,000. Your super fight at heavyweight does 400,000. Mm-hmm. Connor, let's say he does 2 million. You don't have another Connor. No, no. And it, and again, do we need another Connor? Not necessarily, but you do have to have stars. Well, if that's the model you do, Right. Well, what is the model? Is the model? I, I don't know. It's the model. We talk about this every week. Is the model popping that pay per view buy rate three, four times a year? If so, they might have the people to do it if they start moving pieces around. If the models that they've got to get 400,000, 500,000, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times a year, they're way off on that model because that's not happening. Well, and, and that's why I joke that the fiscal year ends in October because there's nothing between then. They've got. N- Again, for resetting, and then I, I do want to talk about last weekend in UFC 227. Um, the end of the year, they have 10 events mm-hmm. between November and December. Right. 10 events. Yeah, during, what, yeah during who's the, fighting there? During the, who's fighting there? Who's watching that? Do we get that the, Curtis Blades uh, and Ganu rematch? Is, is that, that later? That is? Oh, no, that's before November. <laughs> Never mind. Okay. <laughs> I think it's before that. We'll have to look. 
Uh, it's right here. Oh, wait. No, wait. It's not Derek Lewis. I'm sorry. It's Curtis Blades who's going to be fighting Ngannou, right? Yes. Um, when is that fight? That is, hold please. UFC Beijing. No, that's I one of that. them. It's UFC. It's November 24th. Oh, okay. So on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Buy rate's going to be through the roof. Yes. Hey, everybody gather around the turkey and let's watch UFC in China. Well, and like, what's more American than that? Let's pause for a second. Turn the football off. Let's pause for a second and say, I want to see Francis Ngannou. This is where I'm going. Gas in the first round. Let's pause for a second and say, Francis Ngannou and Curtis Blades are fighting already for a second time because you've mucked up the heavyweight division so much that there's nothing else for them to do. Mm -hmm. Why are Curtis Blades and Ngannou fighting again already? I don't know. I don't. We don't need to talk about that. But like, uh, I mean, do you want an answer? Because I don't have it. I'm I don't, sorry. I don't want an answer. What All I'm right. saying is good. That's, <laughs> then I that's, can help you. You know, that's like if Sean <laughs> if Sean O'Malley is going to rematch people he's beat already in the UFC and he's fought four times. Like that just seems not necessary. To be fair, that was from Croatia two years ago, so maybe nobody saw that okay. first fight with Ngannou and Curtis Blades. Yes, I'm sure they didn't. No one's put it in a. A crazy promo reel or anything. All right, UFC 227, uh, 300,000 pay-per-view buys as you get to see TJ Dillashaw besting Cody Garbrandt and a very interesting fight that I've been waiting two weeks to talk to Ken Evans about as Henry Cejudo beats Demetrius Johnson in the most unric flair way ever with mm. a split decision. Okay, first off, the bantamweight fight, I thought that was a clinic. That was a very interesting oh. fight. I really thought Cody was going to bring something else. It looked like Cody Garbrandt was just the exact same fighter, if not a regressed fighter, from the last fight. What's interesting is I was listening to Ariel Hawani the the day after, so Monday morning yeah. for the MMA, whatever you call it. The ESPN MMA Hour, whatever, that's not the MMA Hour. Whatever it's called. Um, and he was saying, and I didn't know this, he was saying that historically, the champ that loses the belt that gets immediate rematches never wins except for GSP. Right. Like BJ Penn. Like he went yeah. through a list of 12 fighters that did right. the same thing that didn't win. And I think that speaks to the fact that the champions are champions for a reason. They got there because they've got the right coaching. They got the right strategy. Their skill set is where it is. And I mean... I think there's a lot there obviously every system and every type of fighter they've got strengths and drawbacks. Dillashaw looked like the most complete MMA guy I've seen probably in the division and in the UFC since maybe GSP when you yeah, bring that up. I mean, you know, he becomes one of those guys and you know, you and I talk a lot about being the victim of now. He becomes one of those guys that you have to start talking about in the pound for pound best Ever. Well, especially now with what happened to Demetrius Johnson on the same card. Yes, but and we'll get to that because I don't know that that's as I think stuff happens, right? But I don't I don't know that <laughs> I don't know that that's as dire as it feels being a split decision. But Dillashaw dismantled Garbrandt, and I mean, I'm going to say this because this is what came out of that. Mm -hmm. If you're thinking, and I don't think you should, but if you're thinking of Cejudo Dillashaw as your next thing, Dillashaw will buzz saw through. Henry Cejudo. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about, again, the flyweight division in just a couple minutes because I think it's a big mess right now. I think it's a lot worse than you're saying, and uh, I'll tell you why. Oh, I, it's bad. What I was pointing out is, like, I don't look at Demetrius Johnson with any less, you know, being uh, admiring him, right? I don't admire him less because he lost this fight because I don't know that he did. Yeah, but I mean, the fact is he went in there and he didn't win the fight. and He did the, th totally. he did the thing that I've been pissed about the whole time. 
for Demetrius Johnson for the most part, which is he didn't go in there and he doesn't finish fights, and that bit him in the ass this time. So I don't really feel that sorry for the dude. I, but let's go back to the T.J. Dillashaw okay. fight real quick. What else is what else can happen in that division at this point? I mean, this is this is a guy too. Is this a guy who's going to go to featherweight and maybe we can talk Connor into coming down? Because I think that would be a great super fight. I just don't know if Connor ever wants to fight at one forty five again. Yeah, I don't think he does either. Um, Especially, I mean, he's getting older, and again, this isn't the guy's not forty, but we've noticed that over and over and over again with guys is that they they kind of get heavier in weight divisions and they don't want to come down anymore. To be fair, though, he never lost that featherweight title either. Right. I mean, he's very good at getting them, very bad at so, defending them. So if TJ wanted to move up to featherweight, if we could see something with Max Holloway, that could set up maybe a bigger money fight down the road. Uh, what do you think? Here's the thing I'm going to do. Other than maybe seeing uh, Dillashaw, I don't know, who else in this division would I want to see him fight Cruz? Cruz. He's already fought Cruz, though, right? But he didn't beat Cruz. Oh, that's right. Yes, that's a great fight. Good point. I forgot about that, that he lo- actually lost. Yeah, we could see that again. Dominic back? Is he good to go? He's getting back. Like, he keeps talking about this. So like he's not injured this time. Because, I mean, we had Dominic Cruz on his uh, five-year injury tour the first time. <laughs> yes. Uh, so he's not injured. He's just five kind of, Well, he was injured yeah. forever, man. Yeah, how, how long was that gap? It was a long time. It was, uh, it was three years, the first gap. And then he only fought once, though, in five years, uh, Dominic Cruz. And uh, he took the loss to Cody? Yeah. So... Huh. Does he have to fight Cody again to get back there? Because Cody's out of title contention. I think whether or not in in the linear scheme of things, if that's fair for him to jump Cody after losing Cody, Cody's out of the picture for a while. Yes, which is the which is the problem to go back. And I know we talk about this a lot, so I'll make it quick. When we go back to what is the system rushing these guys back for rematches I don't think does them any favors I think they think it does because they're going to snatch it back because they they missed, once again they missed one thing and they're just going to fix that one thing and snatch it back and it doesn't happen that way right no um and like and you and you said Ariel Hawani laid it out fact wise like this doesn't happen unless you're GSP well and, and Matt Sarah and even GSP like I'm not I, I have n- I don't believe I have um but will be a, hit, a victim of now I never thought that Matt Sarah got lucky he had a tactic, and he knocked the guy out and took right. his belt, right? Yeah. Then it was quick. So I think when it's quick like that, now we have a different debate. If you wanted to put Jose Aldo, we didn't do this, but let's say we wanted to put Jose Aldo McGregor right back together. I wouldn't have been mad at that. No, no, because we didn't, see, didn't see anything, anything in the fight. Really. You know, you didn't see anything. And you don't take away the win. You don't take no, anything away no, no, from no. the fighter. But, yeah, you didn't see anything. And, again, not to take anything away from Matt Sarah. He went in, executed, did what he did. But that was the least surprising rematch in the history of rematches. It went exactly how we all expected. Correct. And, we all, and that you know, that thing, too, that's how fighters learn, man. And, and a lot of people bagged on him for it, but he did what Demetrius Johnson couldn't do is he went out there and just laid and finished fights and used techniques after that. He didn't put himself in spots. He never really got risky. The only times he looked like he was in trouble is because he was literally getting older and getting slower. Against Johnny Hendricks, he had a little bit of a trouble, a little bit of trouble. But it's one of those things where GSP was just that good that he just went in there and learned his lesson and kept moving forward and didn't lose again. And that was a very interesting dynamic on that fight. And again, that I'm glad you brought that up. Ariel Hawani po- pointed out these guys rematching champions, not necessarily the best move. And, but the UFC, they they do. They 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 see the package. They go, man, Garbrandt was giving him almost one in the first round. Man, if you if he just fixes that one thing, like you say, 
And a, a lot of times, that logic's great for a promo, as we call them, those yes. little commercials. Yes, the commercials. That yeah. logic's great. You and I could do that all day. We could write great promos. And I, we, you and I could sell the shit out of a fight that shouldn't be rematched because it seems like we always forget. Like, the champ's not going to go in there and go, oh, you know what? I saw 10 things he did in this fight that I can capitalize on, too. And that's exactly what happened in this fight because Dillashaw said he throws, what was it? He throws the left and drops the, or throws the right, drops the left yes. every time. Yep. Just annihilated him with it. Now, remember, guys, if you, maybe you're, you're not this into MMA. You like the sport. But I want to point out to you that at no point at the championship level should you be able to win with a video game combination of right, right, yes. right. <laughs> he didn't even change, guys. Right, cock. Right, cock. He right, knew, he cock. Knew, over. And all you have to do is, if you're a professional fighter, is know when that guy's hand is not going to be there. Right. And he knew it after the first fight. And his coaches, again, all championship-level guys, your dietitian, your coach, your fighter, once they're there, they're championship-level guys. And, and, and it's one of those things where our storytelling, every time there's a rematch, the guy that lost, he just has to do this one thing. Just has to do this one thing. And I hate to pick on him because it's terrible. He's had a great r- return, and he's kind of got his head together, and ha- he's having a great run right now, and he deserves all of it. This is exactly the same thing that happened with Daniel Cormier and John Jones. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. He rematched the guy. Man, DC's learned a lot. He knows how strong John is. This, that, and the other. I- Looked great in the fight. Did the same damn thing. And John Jones and his camp were able to pick up on it because luckily they got through that tune-up fight with OSP. Yeah, well, and and that's what I would say. You know, Demetrius Johnson had a fair amount of injuries in that fight. Blew out his LCL. Like, he's got some stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be on a, a long layoff. I... So while I think it's a dumb idea in like what I think the results are going to be, I, I would love to see Henry Cejudo defend the belt while Demetrius is on the shelf to give Demetrius a chance to do something else. Because I well, and that was another instance too. Yeah, we had a rematch, but we had we had Henry Cejudo go back through the division to get there. Well, he won two out of five, but okay, but still, he 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 fought five times. Yeah. And again, I'm not saying that's great. I mean, you can go back to the last podcast. We already broke down the fact that even though it looks ridiculous, it was still the best fight in the division. And obviously it turned out to be a great fight. It, I thought it was high suspense. I enjoyed every minute of it. I don't agree with the decision. And um, I'm not mad at the decision. I don't feel sorry for Demetrius Johnson. This is the fight game. This is what happens. What I would say, and I know that I can't do this, but I would love to get your opinion because I've waited two weeks to say this to your face, is... I've always felt that a split decision that's that close should err on the side of the champion because it was all WWE style. Yes. Like you can't win on a DQ or a count out. To be the champ, you got to beat the champ. And I just didn't think like we're getting into this really interesting debate. And one of the things that I thought was interesting coming out of that is that it was this we don't have unified rules. They were using different unified rules than other rules. And why does that matter? That matters because in some states, the Gamby roll, which is when Henry Cejudo takes down Demetrius Johnson, Demetrius Johnson rolls through and gets back up. Right. In some states, that doesn't count as a takedown. Yeah. In this state, it counts as a takedown. And I think that's stupid to say either way. I think that, I mean, I'm not a big fan of judge's discretion if you can take it out of there, but you have to have some of it. Let a judge decide if that was an effective takedown or not, whether or not the guy gets out. Yeah, he rolled out, but you know what? That stopped his momentum and did this, this, and this. If you have a, like, if you have a rational argument, okay. But I, I guess my question I wanted to ask you is it's a super close fight. Right. Did you think Henry Cejudo won that fight? 
I believe he won that fight from what I've seen. I believe he won the fight. Here's the problem, though, with not changing titles or having the title change hands on that kind of situation is because sometimes you'll look at a fight, and this is the dumbest thing I see on the Internet sometimes, and there's a lot of dumb stuff out there. And you'll see a split decision, and then some dude comes out there, I agree, that should have been a split decision. How the F do you think that should have been a split decision? Which judge should have voted against the winning fighters to make it a split decision? That's not how split decisions work. Because right. a lot of people are like, yeah, split decision. That was, that was a real close one. That's a good call. That's stupid. Who won the fight? You don't go, okay, guys, this is a really close fight. Frank, you're going to score it for Demetrius. Right. Now, Leo, <laughs> you and Jared, you are going to score it for Henry. Because it was a close fight, and we think Henry should win. But Frank over here is still going to score it for DJ just so we can have a split. This is stupid. That's not how it works. You want to say a close fight. You want to say rounds go back and forth. But like saying, yeah, split decision, right decision. That's what I would have done. No, you can't. That's not how it works. Right. So the fact is that's not how it works. You get a winner. You get a loser. The winner is the champ. Go finish the damn fight, Demetrius. Go finish it, man. You've had this happen a lot in your career where you've dominated for five rounds and not finished dudes. That bit you in the ass because you don't necessarily have the same finishing experience that other fighters might have. One of the best in the world, and you're still one of the top pound-for-pound pound guys on this night, that lack of finishing experience bit you in the ass because there were opportunities in there where he should have finished that fight, I thought. Certainly. It, it, there certainly were opportunities, and that's why I said I'm not mad either way. Uh, just a split decision in that scenario – Drives me a little bonkers. But you can't not give a winner the belt. That's not what I'm saying. I, that was like, your question. I didn't say you said it, but you asked me a question. But Yes. <laughs> I understand that. What I'm saying is it makes it really difficult, and the stakes are very high, mm-hmm. if we have something called the unified rules that aren't actually unified. Right? Where... A fighter has to show up on fight day and go, oh, okay, I didn't know that if, like, my whole game plan is that he's going to try and take me down and I'm going to gamby roll out and reset. Mm-hmm. But I can't do that because every time that happens, he scores points now. See, because it's different than Las Vegas, which is different than California, right. which is different than New York, which is different than Illinois, which is different than Missouri. And I'm only bringing this up because you, you, you've named a specific situation, and I, I do like to deal with specifics. I feel like if you're going to get taken down, I don't care what your plan is outside of it if you don't do something with it. You got taken down. Yeah, you got out of it, but did Gamby roll into an arm bar? Do whatever. Figure something else out. That's your real plan. Stop. Fighters have to start fighting to finish and stop fighting to survive. You know, this is, this is a problem. And what you've got is like, oh, I'm going to negate the points. Stop negating damn points and fight the fight. Not everybody is GSP. We thought DJ was the closest guy we'd see to it, and we saw what happened to him that night. He couldn't outpoint his way by just negating things. And what you're going to see is whatever the Gamby rule is going to be in whatever district. No, but whatever um, – not district. What am I talking about? State. Whatever state. Yeah, but uh, blah, 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 whatever commission you're fighting under. Whatever's happening there, whatever the rule is – it doesn't matter if you feel like that guy's still being the aggressor because that's still part of the judging criteria no matter what it is. So let's say, hey, I can't count that as a takedown because that's not the rule here. I can still count that as at least he's trying takedowns. The other guy's all he's doing is escaping and rolling out, and he's not doing anything effective when he stands up. 
You know, that's me as a well, judge. That, that's not true. He outstruck him by a large margin. Right, but uh, no, but you're saying to negate the actual. I'm talking I'm, about not, in the moment of the takedown. I'm just saying, what I'm saying is. But they I'm, were in different rounds. That's And that's another thing, too. Would you be would you be more in favor of a full fight scoring Like session? pride? Yeah, three rounds, championship fight. Stop changing the game, and I'm getting more on board with this. Yeah, no, I'm I'm a, I'm a I'm probably listening to Luke Thomas way too much, but the more we talk about this, and the more I look at these fights, these five rounds aren't getting us a lot. They're just getting two tired fighters in the last couple rounds. Well, and and it you know to go back to what, how we started, like it confuses the fan base because they don't like they don't know what to, to your point. They're running around telling their friends that they would score it a split decision. You you can't. You have right. to score it like right. That's a byproduct of the fact that they don't know. And hell, we don't know sometimes how this scoring even comes about, right? And right. the I, I think well, and I think that clarifies things in fights like this. If you had three rounds, you could go back and look and go rounds one and two were this guy, round three was this guy, whatever. Fight, however you want to do it. You get five rounds, you got a lot. You get a lot more murky. Well, yeah, he out he outstruck the hell out of him, but you know what? He did that in two of five rounds because that can happen. Sure, if he outstrikes him in two rounds in a three round fight. Guess what? Game over. Game over. Still the champion, Demetrius Johnson. But all of a sudden, we kind of changed the rules. We added a quarter in the Super Bowl, as Luke Thomas likes to say. <laughs> you don't go to the Super Bowl and go, all right, boys, five quarters today. You don't do that. But in UFC, we do that. And we did it because I think there was this mistaken belief for the longest time. And this is almost like the same line of logic that you gave us for the rematches. If we just had one or two more rounds, we could have really seen what was going to We didn't see what was going to happen, guys. We can really see what's going to happen if we give these guys 10 more minutes. When in reality, other than one fight with Dan Henderson in all of UFC history, those rounds have really given us nothing. That was the Dan Henderson-Shogun Hua fight. That was the only time those two rounds have paid off, I believe, in history. Somebody might prove me wrong, tweet us, Facebook us, whatever you want to do. But in a championship-level match in that way where another fighter would just blatantly lost those two rounds that's what that gave us see i always thought it was just because they hated the east coast and wanted their events to be oh my gosh you almost guarantee i told you too first one round title fight if eric and i don't spend money on these you're you're good to go you're golden for your bedtime ladies and gentlemen because if we spend money i'm at eric's house till three in the morning yep because every fight went five rounds even the three round fights which is weird they came out and added two rounds but here's the here's the amazing part of the fight between Cejudo and Demetrius Johnson. I know you think that the... DJ wins a three-round fight there, if I remember the rounds correctly. Yes, yes, he would have. But here's what's amazing is um, if you go back to the 2008 wrestling team mm-hmm. in the United States, out of that team, you have Henry Cejudo, youngest man to win a gold medal, I believe, as a wrestler of the United States. Okay. Daniel Cormier and Ben Askren out of oh, that okay. same class of human beings. So this year alone... That class has produced two champions, and one who's, I believe, Askren's still a champion, I think. Um, yeah, what's he fighting for now? Isn't he at one? He's at one, right? Oh, yeah. Um, but they can't cut weight. Right. No, that, that, that's just how I remember. I like yeah. that. Um, so, anyway, like, an amazing story about the 2008 Olympic team, and they've had a pretty banner year this year. Hmm. I think that's a cool story. So, I, again, I celebrate the fight itself. I thought it was great. I love that Cejudo won because it adds some interest into that flyweight division. I just am not a fan of the split decision way to distinguish belts, and I think the three-round fight would probably help. 
I think that for would the help. record, a four round fight would make it worse, guys. Just so you know. <laughs> or a four round fight would give you what you want. Like if it's a split, if it's not a split decision, if it'd it's a draw, it'd be literally all split decision. Draw, all draws, all the time. It'd be a draw, but you got to win. Yeah, but that see that puts a little more onus on the the. I don't know. I guess I don't know what you're thinking, Eric. I'm not thinking four round fights. I promise. No, you that. okay, all I'm right. not thinking that. So, like three rounds, seven minutes each. Are we changing those rules? Well, I, don't, I mean, like I don't know because I've always and and I know that I'm I'm on the old end of MMA fans, right? But mm-hmm. I've always enjoyed that whole idea of pride doing a long first round, a short second round, and score it, and then we're done, and we and score it as a fight. And score it as a fight. Yeah. Who had the most control for the longest? Who did the most damage? Right, like we don't go in round one. You were awesome. In round two, you had a terrible outing. In round three, it was okay. I don't know how to score it. Draw, right? Like with that. Yeah, if you had a, in, yeah, if you had a ten eight in there, it'd be a draw. Yes, I'm. We're not doing math here. I'm just saying. Like I'm just saying when you're scoring it as a whole body of work. I think it should be a split decision. <laughs> I agree. When you score it as a whole body of work. (laughs) Which judge is supposed to score it the other way, asshole? (laughs) I just just hate that. That, to me, seems like a better way of scoring. To be fair, though, we have such bad judges in the United States, I'm not sure that it would make a difference. So, Yeah, that's another thing, too. There's a lot going on. There's a ton going on there. All right. What else do we have to talk about today? Uh, Conor McGregor's fighting Nurmagomedov. You know what I like is as soon as this fight got booked, Tony Ferguson's better. Have you seen? How did that happen? Have you seen people like just lighting him on fire on Twitter about there's no way your knees better? And he's saying, "Hey, I'm great. Look, Tony, cool, Tony, just take the time, man. Right? Like, is he better already? I don't know. I I mean, I feel bad for the dude. I mean, timing wise, this all went to shit for the dude. I get it, but it's just kind of funny too. It's like Tony Ferguson haven't heard the name in a while. Hey, Connor Khabib. Uh, booked. Hey, look at me. I'm on Twitter. Yeah, it's on Instagram. It's doing Facebook lives. I think one of the one of the funniest tweets I saw about that was somebody w- tweeted at him and said, "I knew you were scared of Khabib. Your knee was never hurt. There's no way you could be healed by now." I don't think that's true. Because uh, no, I whatever. Ha- I, I know it's want to be clear. Okay. Clear just just in case people are listening, they don't take away that because uh, that was his biggest money fight. That was going to be huge for him. So. So. But he didn't take it because he was scared. He was scared. So there you go. <laughs> Anything else we got to worry about here? Uh, I don't think so. Um, we you hear, gotta, what, do we, what do you think about Luke Rockhold's statements recently about Brock Lesnar and John Jones? About them needing to be off? They should be gone and out for a long, long time. I don't, which I think is very interesting considering how we always start these shows nowadays where we talk about the money fights and whether or not they're going to make money and what you can and can't do. I don't think you can well, bounce they, these guys for longer than the USADA guidelines are. Yeah, which... Um, I do want to talk about um, Tom Lawler then before we leave, too. Okay. I think that's a little shady, too. Um, I will say this. I don't disagree with him because we don't have any actual hard and fast rules. Mm-hmm. Right? John's just floating out in the ether. He but, may, we, but we do. But the we fa- don't. We do. We do. And it's it doesn't seem hard and fast. And I think I'd like them to be more, this is the beginning, this is the end. And there's a little bit of vagaries in there that aren't great. But, I mean, we have hard and fast times. The the one weird thing we have is these things can be paused and you have to be in and out of the testing pool. But I don't know what you can do about that, Eric. Can you can you run a suspension on a dude if he's just going to go? Let's, let's use Brock for an example. Okay. And I'm not saying he has or hasn't done any of this. Brock tests hot for the fight after Mark Hunt. Pulls himself out of the testing pool. 
he could be he could be you know taking every horse pill he can find for the next year and then jump right back in after he comes off if you've got a hard timeline don't you want this to be able to be paused when a guy's not in the testing pool i i think am i, I taking you, the wrong thing away from your statement i think you might be going the wrong direction meaning they don't treat everybody as equal right if you look at tom lawler mm-hmm. this is what the this is my point this is what they did to him this week they cut him Right. A month away from his suspension being up. They made him sit out for two years on a USADA suspension mm-hmm. and then cut him with 30 days left when he could have been being courted by other organizations if that's indeed what you were going to do. And so I agree with Luke Rockhold in that you just make these rules arbitrarily because of the star system that you've created, which makes it difficult for people to take it as anything more than farcical when guys like Jones and Brock test positive and you go, I told you so. They go, yeah, but he's also going to fight next year. Yeah, and he's also going to get a million pay-per-view buys. Yeah, and he's going to get a percentage of that pay-per-view because he draws the eyeballs. I, the, From a business perspective, I understand what they're doing. That's what they have to do. From a Rockhold perspective, he sees two guys that continually game the system and get rewarded for gaming it. Uh, to be fair, he... He is reacting to conjecture still at this point, though. The one thing he's reacting to is conjecture about whether or not John Jones will fight next year. Because Jones faces four years as a uh, repeat offender. And whatever you want to say about Brock, Brock is going to have served the time that he's supposed to have served. There's not any preference there. But, I mean, the fact is he's going to have served the time he needs to have served. And more of it because he took that break in the beginning. But, again... I I'm going to be right there with Luke Rockhold if we see something hinky happen with John Jones. And here's the and he, let you, me ask you a question. Okay. And this may be why you kind of feel the way you do with the whole arbitration and sitting out and no ruling and this ruling. Do you feel that way because you feel like without a resolution, boy, they're just going to find a way to get him back in the cage early? That's what it feels like. Is like they're just waiting long enough for either people to not really notice, people to forget that it's still a thing. You know, for the system itself to atrophy and its interest in John Jones and move on to something else, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, perfect example, like this is not ideal for the UFC, but this is a perfect example of it is maybe one of your star fighters throws a dolly through a bus window and mm-hmm. you want to pay attention to that if it happens in Vegas, right? right. Um, this very much feels like we're just waiting it out to see what you want to do. And then when you're bored with it, ta-da, I'm back. And I can 100% see that I because it does – I don't think that's going to happen. I've been wrong before, and maybe the fact that there hasn't been a hard decision yet is kind of what's kind of stuck in your craw, for lack of a better term. Because John Jones is going to fight in July. You think he's going to come I back promise that early? Be, yes. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. I just – like, there's nothing in there – does anything about Brock bother you? Yeah, he tested no, hot. Look, like, but his suspension is well over. He t- he took himself out and put himself back in the pool. It seems like I thought I read recently he's been tested like six times already. He has been tested six times. Look, he's wearing um, lots of shirts in the WWE rings. That's all I'll say. Uh yeah, right. <laughs> um, we'll see at SummerSlam on Sunday night. I I will say this: if you serve the time, I don't have a problem. Both times, Brock's been. Nailed both times, right? Two times? Is that no? Brock just once, one, just one time. Um, he did what he was supposed to do, right? And he sat out, and this this opportunity arose. And 
this opportunity was going to arise one way or the other. It was either going to be in a UFC ring for an actual belt, or I promise you DC was going to retire and go do it in the WWE. Which could still happen. Which, yes, but now we get the best of both worlds. The difference is, with Jones, you have a continued and perpetual series of terrible decisions by which he continues to get rewarded by this organization. And if I worked for them, I would say... What what by what do I have to do to get the same treatment or even close to the same treatment when my world goes sideways and my name is Tom Lawler and you cut me before my suspension is up? Well, and it's the ambiguity that seems like it's driving you nuts, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't I don't disagree with that. And I also think that that can beget worse situations. The more you go through these things. And I said this. I think Connor received enough of a punishment. It wasn't anything huge, and he's going to be back fighting in October, but he definitely missed out on a payday, had to go through the legal proceedings, and no matter how rich you are, you've got to be a little nervous if your if your brand is built on fighting across the world and all of a sudden, oh, my God, I might not be able to get back in this country right. where I can make my money. I, think, I don't know if that was enough of a scare, but my biggest worry, I told you this on the podcast after the Conor McGregor thing, is he keeps doing things and doesn't get punished. So why would he stop? That's why you saw a dolly get chucked through a window because he hit a girl in the head with a can of monster and he still fought. I. That's why you ended up with a f- freaking dolly chucked into a bus. Yes, you you and I that, are say, you're saying the same thing. No, I, I'm 100% saying the same thing. And that is exemplified when you look at John Jones. John Jones kept doing crazier and crazier and crazier stuff because every time he'd just come back, come back, come back. Oh, yeah, I got to go back and get my drugs and money and hit that pregnant lady, but I got my fight in the UFC. It's just it, it, it's a situation where I understand why guys like Luke Rockhold are going to get upset because they're not in the same spot on the card. But you also I mean, this is the way the world works, no matter where you are. This is not unique to fighting by any. No, means. It, it, it is not unique to fighting. What is unique to fighting, though, is that you have a guy in Dana White come out and lay out these USADA role, rules about one year suspension, two year suspension, four years and out. And none of that is actually true. But we haven't had anybody who's no. That is true. Your your problem is with the ambiguity. You feel like it's not going to be with John Jones because it won't be. I promise you, it won't. Be. All right, that's because if it was, they would do it so they get the four years over faster. Yeah, but I mean, there's a process to all of this, and the fact that his lawyers are gonna they're gonna drag they're, what they're doing. Okay, you might be 100 percent right. So if if you're 100 percent right, they're they're executing this to a T. The other reason they do it the way they do it is also to just draw things out and kind of make you forget. If this if this ruling comes down that his suspension is whatever it is and he ends up fighting like six months later because they had dragged their heels the whole time, it's not gonna it's not gonna feel like it hits as hard. Because right now, John Jones, we don't have to we don't say he's suspended, he's just not fighting. Right? Yes. But you to Rockhold's point, you fix that by changing the rule that it isn't. That's commissions in USADA though. Is that the beef or is the UFC the beef? The beef is in the system. If you change the rule that it doesn't just, from the moment you've been tested dirty, it accumulates time mm-hmm. because you haven't gone to arbitration and you just wait out the arbitration and go, my bad, see you next week. Mm-hmm. If you change that, you change the system because I have to go to arbitration as soon as humanly possible to start my suspension. Yeah, and I, I don't have a problem with that. I still think there needs to be a process. You want to be fair to the fighters and what's no, we, happening. No, we, no, we don't. <laughs> but see, here's the thing. And it may not work out in a situation like Tom Lawler, who gets cut right before he's coming back. But you want all those options to be there for every fighter. 
Because what if you've got a low-end fighter who tested positive and God knows what happened? He knows he didn't cheat. He didn't do this. You want to give that dude time to figure it out. He's not going to have the resources or the pull of a guy like John Jones. So if you give that dude a hard 30 days and he can't figure out what happened, you just screwed that guy's career up, and you might have sh- you you might have knocked him out of the business if you with talk, a year suspension. If you want to talk about that for your first time, I'm open to that. Right. Your 28th time. I don't think it's 28 times. Right, your 28th time. I just don't think you get the same concessions. All right, let's put this down on a piece of paper. We'll send a very strongly worded email. All I, No, the only thing today. I want you to write down on a piece of paper is that J- John Jones is on a poster in July of 2019. That's what I want you to write down. Mm-hmm. You're okay. Not, you're not even listening. I'm listening. Okay. I'm as, writing it, I got my phone so I can take notes. As always, you can follow along. I got along. here. I got it. From Take Twitter and Facebook at Wow Show. John that is, Jones is texting. That is Ken Evans. No, he's not. You don't have enough cocaine. <laughs> I am Eric Hulkerin. Who are this, you to say I don't have enough cocaine? And this. Who are you to doubt El Dandy? Is Way of the Warrior.